Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Oh, the Republicans are coming for Biden. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Brad Kloppenstein from the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Hashtag why I love Lawrence. In for Casey today. All right, before we get to uh, more commentary from the Republicans on coming after the Bidens, I have a question for you, Brad. I may have an answer that makes sense. Well, I know you are... um, an enthusiast now i think for you it's more concerts than sports right like you love to go to the shows i i like to go to the shows my wife likes live music i mean i enjoy my purdue boilermaker football and basketball but beyond that i probably would rather go to a concert right and i remember one time in the rain uh hanging out with you tailgating with you you were not going to be uh, deterred under any shape form or fashion from getting into the jimmy buffett concert despite the inclement weather i am a parrot head yes uh okay so i mentioned all of this because it is about to snow a big old amount up in the greater buffalo area and they are saying some models have as many as 70 inches of snow falling in the greater buffalo area and as such the buffalo bills have now moved their game against the Cleveland Browns to Detroit, Michigan this Sunday. And on the surface, I would say, okay, that seems like a reasonable maneuver given the inclement weather to uh, and the risk associated with the inclement weather, etc. However, you may know this, the Buffalo Bills fans pride themselves on being these crazy lunaticy we're the toughest fans in the world what the bills mafia i think is what they go by so isn't this really a weak look on the bills mafia that in buffalo new york where you should be expected to understand and know how to deal with inclement weather and you tell us all the time you eat mustard you spray people with stuff you jump through tables in the parking lot that you totally wimp out when there's a little bit of snow Remember the Colts game that was played there? I think that's five years ago in 2017 where like ah, a yes. foot of snow yes. came down during the game. That was fantastic. And I know when I was a kid, as soon as it started snowing, we'd grab up every kid from the neighborhood and go outside and play football in the snow. All I could figure is they must think that the three plus feet of snow that they're going to get <laughs> might even be too much for those hardy Buffalonians. Hey, you know, well, this is my point, right? I look. If it's me or you, I don't have a problem with this because we're not pretending to be tough guys. We're not spraying each other with mustard. We're not jumping through tables. We're not hitting each other in the head. We are, look, we are weak suburbanites, Brad. I was hoping that they would play this game in Buffalo. Don't plow the field. Yeah. Just just scrape off the yard markers and go out there and have at it. What a weak ass look for the people of Buffalo. The Bills Mafia. Bills Mafia, my ass. When a little bit of snow on the ground, suddenly we're all concerned about our safety. So they don't get to talk about how tough they are anymore because they had their opportunity right here. And you live in Buffalo. You know snow is part of the deal. If you really are a tough guy, Get to the game. 
It's the Kendall and Casey show at 93 WIBC. Uh, Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. So again, yesterday, the big story, one of the big stories was the Republicans coming out fearing, feeling very emboldened about going after Joe Biden and Joe Biden's family and the alleged I guess, do we still have to say alleged corruption? I mean, isn't it pretty obvious at this point? He has not been convicted. However, (laughs) there is a mountain of evidence. Bill Clinton also wasn't convicted of anything. Uh, And here is, even though he's not in the House, here is Ted Cruz uh, applauding the effort. Well, listen, I think it's very important that we finally have congressional oversight of the abuses of this administration. That's one of the most important consequences of Republicans taking the House. And and, uh, Jim and James are both exactly correct that that the focus needs to be on Joe Biden. You know, we've seen the Biden Department of Justice uh, engage in abuses of power. Uh, I just wrote a book, came out a couple of weeks ago, called Justice Corrupted, how the left has weaponized the legal system that talks entirely about how Barack Obama and Joe Biden turned the Department of Justice and the FBI and the IRS into politicized and weaponized tools to target their enemies. And as you know, the Biden DOJ has been leaking that they're, they're considering and intend to indict Hunter Biden. Let's be clear. That story is not about a poor, troubled soul who has substance abuse issues. That's what the, the DOJ is trying to make it about. They're saying, well, we're going to go after him on, on drug charges or tax charges, all of which are personal to Hunter Biden. The real issue and what the focus of congressional inquiry needs to be, and I'm glad to hear just moments ago that it will be, is on the official corruption, on the evidence that Joe Biden was part and parcel involved in official corruption. Yeah, and, and he makes a great point that, of course, he's trying to hawk a book in the middle of it. Yeah, I know, just, I, that, that's what I, that was my takeaway. It's like, buy my book, it's available on Amazon. Which is just a classic Ted Cruz move. But he makes a great point. They are trying to paint Hunter Biden now, and we heard this weeks ago that the rumor was, well, they're going to, and one of the congressmen, I think, was saying this at the time. I can't remember which one, but they're going to, the DOJ is going to sprint to get these drug charges on Hunter Biden so that once he has the drug charges, he doesn't have to testify in front of the House of Representatives because they want to hit him on this low-hanging fruit because they know the real stuff is in the financial corruption and the business dealings. And if they can get those chart, those little low-level drug charges, which, you know, he goes to a halfway house or he's, a, you know, at-home detention or whatever he ends up with. This is the Ryan Mears prosecution? Then, absolutely. Then he gets out of the, he gets out of the, the, you know, the big stuff. And so great job by Ted Cruz to say, look, this guy is not some down-on-his-luck dude who didn't know what he was doing and just had a substance abuse problem hunter biden is a sketchy skeezy corrupt person and his dad is it appears was totally in cahoots with him the whole time it was basically selling access to his dad who was a u.s senator a vice president and now president of the united states it's that appears to be what's there it's it's funny how Ted Cruz was saying, the Democrats have weaponized the Department of Justice, and now we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our yeah. pledges. The whole time I'm thinking, this kind of started with Dan Burton from Central Indiana <laughs> back when Clinton was in office. So, All right, so I also wanted to get a little clip here from Representative Greg Stubbe, Republican member of the U.S. House of Representatives. And he says, as we talked about last hour, having the subpoena power will make all the difference when going after the Bidens. 
Well, again, so different than how Democrats run their so-called uh, sham investigations. We actually present the evidence first. Uh, we have sent over 500 letters from the Judiciary Committee to the administration demanding certain documents and requests for information. Of course, none of that has been provided. But that changes significantly when we get the power of the gavels in January and actually have the ability to legally subpoena the information that we're requesting, subpoena the deposition of these individuals, subpoena under oath these individuals, and not just before the open committee, but actual depositions cross-examination where we have plenty of time to dive into the details uh, and get the evidence and then uh, show it to the American people the corruptness that has been going on in this White House, everything from immigration to foreign dealings, and put that before the American people. And Comer said directly that Biden is the big guy, Congressman Stubbe. Well, not only that, I, they have evidence that you know his cell phone number was being provided, that he was involved in negotiations and discussions. Uh, so again, once we get that financial information, can subpoena some of these financial records to see how the money moved around, money that went to uh, Hunter for some of these dealings that then was transferred to uh, the president. Uh, this is using your official position to make money that is completely illegal. It's a violation of federal law. Mr. Comer today laid out the different uh, areas of law, everything from wire fraud to conspiracy that uh, they've committed, that we're going to lay that evidence before the American people, do the investigations right. And unfortunately, we have a corrupt DOJ, but we're going to be working on that as well uh, from the, the House perspective and uh, lay that up for prosecu prosecution referrals. I'll believe it when I see it. They seem pretty fired up right now. And maybe, Brad, and maybe this is why it'll happen. They're not going to be able to solve any actual problems. And we all know, no matter what they say, they're not going to get spending under control or, you know, stop any of that or inflation or anything. So maybe if they think, well, if we could just preoccupy people with how corrupt the Bidens are, maybe they'll realize we're not doing anything ourselves. What I believe he said was, we at least have evidence in our sham investigations. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Brad Kloppenstein's in for Casey. When we come back, we got a lot of voicemails last night. So I figured, because uh, the show is about you, it's not about us, we'll do a couple segments of really, really good voicemails. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. I'm so sorry you have just reached my We got a whole bunch of really good voicemails. And so good, in fact, that we're going to give two segments to them. Really? Because this show are these all Brad Kloppenstein voicemails? <laughs> um, Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Kevin's here, and uh, by the way, happy birthday to one of our uh, most loyal YouTube followers, Christine. It's her birthday today, or she's lied to us and told us it was her birthday. But either way, you only get one happy birthday mention each year, so you've used it up regardless. A uh, happy birthday to Christine there in the YouTube chat. Don't forget, in addition to listening to the show, you can watch the show on YouTube. Just type Kendall and Casey in your browser, and you can see Brad's incredibly happy, joyful face. You have one of the most joyful faces of any person I've ever seen. I try to be a happy person, Rob. You are always happy. And I've told people this before. Given the life you lead, where your whole life is just business and parties and fun and booze, why would you not be happy? Exactly. I come in here, you depress me about politics. <laughs> I, I walk out and I look at the circle and say, it's not so bad. <laughs> There's, there's a man pooping on the circle. That's, well, at least it's not a man laying in the in the, <laughs> the in his underwear dressed as a turkey. Where's uh, the lewd nude dude? Yes, should have played that music. All right. So uh, again, a lot of voicemails. Wanted to give two segments to him. Uh, let's get started with the topic everybody wants to talk about. It's Donald Trump. Okay, Rob. Let's take the emotions and uh, the love for Trump out of the occasion. 
and put some reality into the subject. Uh, we've already proven in uh, 2020 and 2024, or uh, 22 here, that. Uh, Republicans can't win a national federal election due to creative jelly bean counting in states such as Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, etc. So that alone is going to prevent Trump from winning. But let's just say Trump were to win. Who's going to serve on his cabinet? Who's he going to appoint for all the uh, positions that he needs to fill? No one's going to want to serve with this man because they're all going to see what happened last time. Everybody got indicted or everybody got investigated or got their houses raided by the FBI. No one's going to want to go through that again. You know, uh, and personally, I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of voting and not winning. So I think he makes a couple of interesting points. Number one. Trump has not proven with either himself as the candidate or the candidates he's endorsed in the swing states for the most part that he can get people across the finish line. And you can say that's for whatever reason, there's probably a host of them. Is it creative jelly bean counting? Yes. Is it mass mail-in unaccountable voting? Yes. Is it some people just don't want anything to do with you? Yes. Is it all three of those things and some others? Yes. But he doesn't have an answer for it. And as we saw in places like Arizona, simply attempting to litigate the past is not going to work either. Right. Donald Trump has a problem where he is not a coalition builder. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, it... The next time he gives a compliment to somebody who potentially is against him, who could be swung over, will be the first time. <laughs> and and that's his problem. I mean, right. he, he does nothing but just do junior high type insults against anybody he perceives as a threat. And that's a dwindling number of people that are then supporting him. And I've long said, look, part of running for public office, even though you're actually usually full of bullcrap, is that when you're running for public office, you got to cut the bullcrap. Because people expect to see a certain something from people running for public office. Now, in many cases, they're total liars and shysters and gaslighters or whatever. But a prime example is here in Indiana. When we talk about liars and shysters and gaslighters, look to our senior senator, the Duke of Spendingburg. Yet he just overwhelmingly won re-election. Why? Because he just quietly goes about lying and gaslighting and doing damage to society. And he doesn't do anything that is going to be hyper offensive to anyone and he looks the part of a u.s senator you can say what you want about his terrible voting record and all the money's added to the national debt and and all the damage he's done to inflation and how he looks you right in the eye and lies to you i guess we expect that from our politicians but you gotta lie to us in a nice way apparently and he downplays this but he was he was a marine no way yeah the, the point is though you have to have a plan on how you're going to whoever the next face of the Republican Party is. And by the face, I mean the person who's going to lead the party, who's going to be at the top of the ticket in 2024, has to have a plan. Here is how we get the football across the finish line. In Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Ohio, in Nevada, in Arizona. Here's how we drag other candidates with us across the finish line. I mean, it really is, you know, in football, when you've got, you know, fourth and goal from the one yard line if you're running a quarterback sneak it's not just the quarterback moving the ball it's the line blocking it's the running backs coming from behind pushing the quarterback forward. i mean it all goes into getting that ball across the goal line and right now trump 
has not offered any of that. He just says, look, I'm the best running back. Let me run the ball. But you, could, ha- you could have all the talent in the world, but without preparation and some sort of game plan, you will lose every time. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more voicemail we got before break. Uh, yesterday, we talked about with Abdul the big issue that no one in the Indiana General Assembly is talking about because they don't want to talk about it is the looming property tax bills that are going to show up because they will include the new assessments, which, as we covered at length here on this show, were absolutely through the roof this past year. Go ahead. My comment on property taxes and property tax increases, uh, I can't see how in the world people can continue to be penalized year after year, just like uh, you're saying on your show now. Uh, problem being, when is somebody going to actually do something instead of talk? That's all I got to say. Let's do something about it. They're not, and they being the Indiana Republican Party, because they control everything. I mean, they have super majorities in the House and Senate. They have the governor's, you know, uh, residents. They're not going to do anything because Indiana Republicans are addicted to spending money. And in the case of when we talk about property taxes. For those of you who who don't know, schools are funded in two ways. A big portion of it comes from the state, and that is what pays teachers and employees. And then the other part of it comes from property taxes, which is funds what I call the bright, shiny objects, the stuff, right? The buildings, the buses, the football fields, whatever. And almost half or more than half in many communities of your property taxes go to the schools. And the Republicans in this state have proven time and again that they are absolutely petrified of any person from a teacher's union who wears a red shirt and comes down and yells at them. And I know Brad's getting very uncomfortable because his wife is a public school teacher, but she's not one of these people. But what I'm saying is, prop, can we agree that the idea that you never own your home because the government always has a lien on your home and your property taxes go up every single year, your taxes go up even if you don't capitalize on it based on what someone else sold their house for is wholly ridiculous. I agree. And it, it, one of the big problems and the big discussion is they, they choose property taxes because that is stable. You can't move property. It's right. within a district. So if you want to fund the district, the property is always going to be there. You're not always going to have sales there. You're not always going to have income there necessarily. Whereas the property is always going to be there. And there is no perfect funding formula. And when they redid the property taxes, what, 15, 20 years yeah. ago to go to a market rate, I think it used to be that whatever your assessed value was when you bought the home stayed static so that you could predict your property taxes in the future, but then you had some people who were paying $10 and others who were paying $10,000. let us pause for a second because if we don't get to the news on time, the Kurt Darling fan club will be very upset with us, so we want to get to the news on time. I want to continue this conversation in addition to the voicemails when we come back, because this property tax deal is a huge thing. People are about to be blown away by how much their, their property taxes are going to go up, and it is the Indiana General Assembly who could fix it, who's choosing not to. That all right? Yes, I'd love to. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. The news coming up next. We will get back into your voicemails in just a moment. By the way, 684-8444 is the voicemail phone number if you'd like to leave one. 684-8444. As we went to break, Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Brad, we got into an interesting conversation. We had a, a caller uh, leave a message about the looming, what I think is going to be a pro- a gigantic 
property tax time bomb, which could be. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be, but it could be, for some people, very similar to the colossal sticker shock that we saw in 2008. Right. Because, yeah, anybody who, and just for simple math, if you own a $100,000 home, or it was worth $100,000 three years ago, obviously in the last two years, and really the last year, that home is now probably worth $150,000. So you've seen 50% appreciation in your home. That is unrealized appreciation right. if you unless you refinance it or something. But that also means your property tax bill is going to go up 50%, and there's going to be people up in arms because they don't know this is coming. Right. And so the way it, property taxes work in Indiana is that your home, your single-family home... Now, I don't know how this works for Diego Morales because he was taking a homestead credit in Marion County and voting in Hendricks County, so I don't I don't know if he had some special deal with the... St- I don't know. I but, hope he shows that uh, he paid property taxes everywhere. Aren't you just so excited? Or Well, I don't think you can play... No, I don't think you can pay property taxes on the houses you're renting. You're right. Just conveniently is in a, another county from where you're taking your homestead deduction, and it's just so conveniently happened that you were renting a home in another county while you had a fabulous home in Marion County when you were running for U.S. Congress. I mean, that'll all come out later. It's, 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 uh, we don't need to speculate on that. I'm sure Diego's got a very viable answer for all that, and it's all going to work out great. Point is, for most people, you are taxed at 1% of the home value. Correct. So if your home, theoretically, now people have different deductions, they have different discounts, whatever, so this is not an exact science, but if your home appreciated $50,000 in value, according to the county assessor, then you would pay 1% more on that $50,000, which comes out to $500 a year. Correct. That is Correct. not a small amount of money. No, if your income did not go up proportionally, suddenly you're trying to figure out where that $500 is coming from. And the other issue, and we had, the, when these assessments were coming out, people were calling and we were keeping track. I mean, there were, 50000 was not unreasonable. We were seeing 50000 Some people said 100000 And so, right now, there is no plan that I'm aware of from the Indiana Republican Party. Now, Org Day is Tuesday, and maybe they will surprise us. I highly doubt it, because it would involve them getting less money. Uh, with a plan for this, and they've known it was coming because the assessments came out in the spring. They've had six months to deal with this. Now, they, I know they were busy playing grab ass and trying to give us the least amount of our money back possible the past several months. So they've been very, very preoccupied by that. But this is going to be, or could be, and a very, very, very big issue, and nobody in the Republican Party leadership seems to want to touch this at all. And the reason they don't want to touch it is because the Republican Party in Indiana has been a, become addicted to surviving based on legalized vote buying. And what I mean by that is collecting as much money as they possibly can and divvying it up to as many interest groups who otherwise would not vote for them as they can, a la the colossally gross amount of money every two years that goes to public education with no accountability standards whatsoever. No offense, Brad. I know your wife's a public education teacher, but they, they this is what they do. And they know if they were to strike a blow to the ridiculous property taxes, that the schools would be livid at them because the schools collect, in most cases, more than 50% of the property taxes. Right. So... Uh, I would like to think that part of their grand scheme of last year, or this this past year, when they gave us upwards of 18% of our surplus money back, um, I would like to think that they were holding back the other $5 billion in reserves, knowing that this was coming. Yeah. I, I know that they didn't plan that far out. They so, I, 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 I don't want to give them credit for it, because I know that didn't happen. And, and However, it's sitting there, and that could be an answer. And the property tax, I think of all the taxes, is the most gross of them all, because they know people can't 
just up and leave. There's no unless you're leaving the state, right. you are fixed into this tax. And what's really pathetic on the way they do property taxes in this state is there are a whole lot of people like like my dad, for example, who has lived in the same house for going on 40 years. He's never monetized that. It's not an investment. It doesn't matter what's, if somebody sold their house next to him for $100,000 more than what they paid for it. He has not done anything to make money off of it. And there are many, many, many people who are the same way, who have seen year over year, their taxes go up for something they have not monetized, which is the only tax I can think of where that happens, unless it's a sales tax or something of that nature. And the, the people who run the state just go, yeah, that seems fine to us. Well, you mentioned it earlier. Effectively, you do not own your home because right. even if you own it free and clear, you're going to get that $1,500 a year property tax bill and $150,000 home, and you have to pay that. And if you don't pay it, somebody's going to show up and take your property. So get ready, Bal. You're probably going to be in for a problem, and the Republican leadership in this state has no plan to deal with it right now. So you get the government you deserve, and I, I guess you're glad you didn't have Democrats in charge because, you know, taxes might be really high or something, Brad. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get back to some phone calls. We got quite a, quite a few calls on Ethan and I. Ethan Hatcher was in yesterday. We had a very spirited debate about the uh, marriage vote. I heard place. that you guys had a great debate on this. I'm sorry I missed it. Well, look, and and I would tell Ethan to his face if he were here. Ethan's a very bright guy, but he's he wholly missed the point. And my point is, it's not about gay marriage or straight marriage or de- protecting marriage. It's about the government has no business in marriage, period. You should not have to have a license from the state if you're Steve and you want to marry Chuck or if you're Steve and you want to marry Sally. It doesn't matter. It's none of the state's business. Preach, Reverend Rob. And what he is doing by advocating for the vote that someone like Todd Young, by the way, when does the holding Todd Young accountable thing start? I was told by the conservatives, you got to vote for him. We'll hold him accountable this time does that start december 1st is that the first of next year because he voted for mitch mcconnell and this marriage bill so apparently the holding accountable did not start as of yesterday it starts after his next term oh i see thank you so the point is when you let the government into your existence because of something you like that they're doing that they're not supposed to be doing which based on the enumerated powers clause in the Constitution, which spells out the very specific 18-ish things that the government is supposed to do, which marriage is nowhere to be found, you open the Pandora's box for them to be in 18 million things, which is why they're now involved in 18 million things. Right. Don't ask the government to fix one problem because they will create 10 other problems that you had no intention of them them getting into. Marriage is one of those. All right. We got some calls on that. Go ahead. You was right on the money with the marriage license issue you were talking about. But the bottom line to it is government shouldn't be involved in that at all. They are involved in every, almost every aspect of our lives. I mean, you can't do anything almost without permission, some type of license, permit, something. I mean, I mean, you can't even go fishing. I mean, I can't even go flip a lure in a creek without a license. That is ridiculous. Anyway. Love the show. Keep up the good work. And that's and that is the crux of it. It's not gay and straight. It's not black and white. It's that government has no business 
telling you who you can or cannot enter into a contract with as a consenting adult. That is why I'm a libertarian. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, another guy, though, was not uh, not nearly as complimentary as our, our previous caller. Rob, you must have majored in speech and debate when you were in school because you have managed to twist the logic of your position on marriage into a sack full of pretzels. The Supreme Court already turned over Roe v. Wade, which, okay, fine, they did that. And that idiot Alito has already said that he's going to take a look at all the other marriage laws, except loving, of course, because he's married to Jenny, Trader Jenny. So how do you defend your position that the law they're trying to pass in Congress is a waste of time. Um, your your logic is just wrong. Put it that way. But keep up the good work because you're fun to listen to, and I get a good laugh every time you bend yourself into a pretzel like this. Now, I'm going to not call this person's understanding of the issue into question. However, when you get key facts and people wrong in your voicemail, it may may have some people question whether you have any idea what the freak is going on. Sam Alito did not at any point ever question whether marriage should be reviewed. Sam Alito is not married to any woman named Jenny. You are thinking of Clarence Thomas. So let's start there. And I appreciate this guy because he seems like a very loyal listener and he's very nice. And, you know, insulting me is a compliment and moves right to the front of the line. The argument amongst someone like a Clarence Thomas is whether the government has the right to be involved in it, period. End of story. If you're mad at me, I'm basically making the case that everyone should be making, regardless of what sex they are or what sexuality they are or who they want to marry, which is if you want to pass a one line bill that says the government has no role in marriage, marry whoever you want. Okay, but that's not what they do. Todd Young and Susan Collins and Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders, Nancy Pelosi, you now have to go to them and ask permission. You should never have to ask permission to begin with. It doesn't matter what the government says. The, the marriage is between you, your partner, and, and the church. That, that's it. Whatever belief system you have. Now, your system, system likely may not line up with mine, but as long as you're not hurting me, that is between you, your church, your God, whoever. I don't care, and I don't want to care. And most importantly, I don't want you to have to ask the government for permission to have whatever contract with whoever you want to have it with. Amen. We could eliminate a lot of code just by wiping all that off the books and say, you do you, and if you feel the need to have this in a contract form, file it at the courthouse, good luck to you. It's not a state's rights. It's not a federal rights. It's the right that no government should be able to tell you as a consenting adult who you can enter into a contract with, who can visit you in the hospital, who you can leave your stuff to, who you spend your life with. You do not have to ask the government for permission to do that, and right now you do, and you should not be patting Todd Young or Susan Collins or Bernie Sanders or Chuck Schumer on the back because they gave you permission to do that. They didn't give you, shouldn't be giving you any permission. All right, Hammer's up next. Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. 
So Hammer and I had an interesting text thread going last night, and we want to bring everybody in on it. It's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein's in for Casey. Hammer, you you, uh, you and I went back and forth on a photo, and I thought you posed a very interesting question. So if you go to the Hammer and Nigel Show Twitter right now, at Hammer and Nigel, I put out a photo. It's a guy dressed up as wrestling legend Macho Man Randy Savage. And he's all in. Right. He's got the hat. He's got the boots. He's got the costume. And he's sitting on like a bus. He's got the or, belt. Right. And and if you're watching the YouTube stream, Brad's putting it up on the camera right now. So the question became, let's say that you get on bus or subway, whatever this is. Yeah. And you see that guy, and it's not Halloween, in full macho man gear mm-hmm. sitting there. And there's an open seat next to him. Would you rather stand in the back by yourself or are you going to sit next to that guy? Yeah, that's a good one question. One seat is open. Only one seat is open. It's next to him. Do you want to stand in the back and hold on to that little thing? Uh-huh. Or do you want to sit next to the dude in the macho man costume? I suppose for me, it probably depends on how far I'm going. And the other thing is, usually, and I'm not trying to lump everybody together, there's probably an odor of some sort. Right. So it's how strong that's, is... That's where I am. This is going to be smell dependent. And sa- <laughs> sadly, you don't know until you get there. Because I'm fascinated by Odd, and I I would engage Odd, yeah. but if he stinks, I don't want to be there for more than about 10 seconds. During the commercial break, Brad made a great point. Remember those people that would dress up as like the superheroes, and they'd stand outside, and they'd panhandle, yeah. and you get your picture taken, mm-hmm. your kid's picture taken, and very, they very, want- Very prevalent in Vegas. Right. Used to be here in India a lot. I don't see too many of them anymore, but those costumes don't smell good. Right. They're stained. They're dirty. They smell like feet and sweat and God knows what else. <laughs> so do you think that costume smells like that? Yeah, I, you got to think it does. I mean, and, and I guess the other question would be, is this guy doing that because he is that person? Is he just going to a wrestling event uh, is he just, is he, is it Halloween? We don't, we don't have a full context of the photo, but I just, for I thought, argument's sake, let's say that he's not going to wrestling and it's not Halloween. Yeah. He, this is just what he chose to wear on a random Wednesday oh, yeah. riding the subway. That's a stinky guy right there. So are you sitting next oh, to no. him or are you standing in the back? No, if, if, if the stench is included in it, I'm standing in the back because I'm still young and knock on wood here, thankfully able-bodied. Yeah, sadly, I'm probably standing in the back, although I want to know more. I mean, yeah, but is, the, is that is this the future Kyle Wells? Here's the... <laughs> Here's the problem, Brad. Once you engage with the guy, he's not letting you go. No, exactly. That's a talker. I and you know he's going to be in character. Yeah. yeah. Like, the minute you sit down, ooh, ooh brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going to get that. Like, you just want to look at your phone. You want to yep. get to your destination. And he's going to tell you, the cream's going to rise yeah. to the top. Like, he's going to be in full character. So, this was where our conversation started last night. Where it ended was this question. So let's say you're getting on that same subway or same bus, whatever it is. There's a seat open next to the macho man. There's a seat next to some 22-year-old chick with green hair and spikes coming out of her nose and 85 tattoos and a million piercings, Mm -hmm. right? Basically the mascot for the student loan forgiveness program. (laughs) 
Or there's a seat open next to a dude who's wearing a hoodie and he's got it pulled over his head and he's staring you down. He's staring you yeah. daggers. Who are you going to sit next to? You have to pick one. Brad. I am sitting next to Macho Man because I will take stench over patchouli every day. <laughs> yeah, it's the danger. Uh, it's the danger odds, right? I don't feel like Macho Man guy is dangerous. He may be annoying and stinky, but not dangerous. The other two, something nefarious could be taking place. I would choose the Macho Man guy. Now, listen, I like wrestling. I'm a fan of professional wrestling, but I chose to sit next to the mascot of the Student Loan Forgiveness Program because even though I don't think we have anything at all in common, I don't think she would strike up a conversation with me. I think she would ignore me. I would ignore her. We can each look at our phones. We get to our destination. That's fine. Again, the macho man's going to want to be in character. He's going to want to talk to me and slowly shake my hand and (laughs) squeeze it and go full character and I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment on a subway. What is uh, coming up for you this afternoon? Well, it's a really short show today. We've only got two hours today because of IU basketball. So from three to five, we're going to have as much fun as we can. Uh, future mayoral candidate Abdul Hakim Shabazz hey! will join us. And the coach Dan Dockich in the biggest stories of the day. He's one half of the number one afternoon show in the city of Indianapolis, Jason Allen Hammer. That's Brad Kloppenstein. It's Kendall Casey show on 93 WIBC. I don't want to-